2: Good evening, one and all. Welcome to the Exxon. My name is Rob McConnell, and this is our number... Let me see. This is our number three of tonight's show. And if you're listening to us, it might be on the Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and the Exxon Broadcast Network, and of course, on Simul TV. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, Radio TV. And to find out about the schedule on the Exxon TV channel, which is exclusive to Simultv, visit www.simultv.com. ExONation, my guest to this hour is Anthony Armstrong, and he spent years working through the trauma of a scientific military intelligence job. As an engineer, Anthony found a technical solution to a technical nuclear problem a dome city could survive a nuclear holocaust and preserve all the gems of nature and mankind's accomplishments. Joining me now from Nepean, Ontario, is Anthony Armstrong. And Anthony, welcome back to the X-Zone.
3: Thank you, Rob. It's nice to be back.
2: All right, tell us a little bit more about yourself and where the idea of the biosphere came from.
3: Well, yeah, it goes back to uh, earlier in my life when... um, my fa- my father was an air force uh, officer and an engineer. Mm-hmm. And uh he had worked on the Avro Arrow for a while. And um after that program was canceled, we moved down to the states and um we were down there uh particularly during 1962 and the Cuban Missile Crisis. And um I know at that time um a lot of people were concerned that there would be a, a big war. Oh yeah, I remember that well. Yeah, and it it didn't happen, but it came pretty close. Mm-hmm. And um so there was that, uh, we, we had, uh, we had a shelter in our basement and many of my friends at that time were, were, uh, their houses were, they had shelters put in their, their houses, like, um, or in, in their yard attached to their basement under their yard. And, uh, so there was a concern, um, that, um, you know, that history was changing mm-hmm. and, uh, it was hard to say where things were going to go. So, uh, we, we left Washington in 63, uh, and um my father left the air force and went to work for industry canada and uh things looked pretty good for a while and uh later on after my in my teens uh after my te- shortly after my teens i, I uh, had a job um in military intelligence um at national defense headquarters and um the uh, the particular project i was working on with a, a satellite um expert um had to deal with uh determining nuclear targets in canada in in the event of uh, uh an attack from russia in in the context of a third world war and so that i i did that job to the best of my ability we we plotted all the information we had to plot and um there was um a bit of a dis this um disorientation from that um, I was told uh, in the context of that particular work that I did that um, there was a probability of nuclear war within three years. That was in 1977, and that um, there there had never been in the history of mankind an arms buildup that wasn't followed by a war. So I was conditioned to believe that there could be a war, and I, I did my best to uh, try to forget it, but it, it uh, I left that job. I was debriefed about uh, about not disclosing the information I had. And um, I, I maintained contact with some of my fellow workers for a couple of years after that. But um, eventually we, uh, they moved, the guys that I fellowshiped with that also worked there moved out to Alberta and I lost contact with them several years later. But uh, I, I, I believed at a certain point there could still be a war and I wasn't sure, but I, I thought it, you know, there, there might be a probability there could be a war and I thought that I should try to prepare for that somehow. And the best way I could think about preparing for it was to design a structure that could survive a nuclear war and could preserve um, the, our, our human species and plants and animals for several hundred years um, in, in a shelter and while while the outside world was uh, slowly healing from the effects of uh, large conflict. And so I, oh, it took me a while to get the, the structure figured out Several years, I I built a special drafting board to 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 do the drawings for that, mm-hmm. and um, so I worked on that, uh, the basic uh, design concepts for several years, and eventually, after finding some specifications actually in the Bible that I I learned of uh, as I went back to the church in the Baptist church, I was made aware of some prophecy that could be interpreted to uh, basically. Uh, uh, Inspire the, the design of a modern-day Noah's Ark in, in the context of a, a big city, a New Jerusalem, Biosphere City, Dome City.
2: Now, now this sounds very, uh, very plausible and very interesting. How has the rest of the scientific and military um, fields, how have they taken to your idea?
3: Well, you know, I, I mean, I've approached. Some people in government, and they they weren't too happy about it. Um, I've approached some people in corporations that I thought might mm-hmm. find it interesting, like some aerospace corporations, because it has some aerospace concepts in it, and they didn't seem to be too happy about it. Because I think, I mean, what I believe is that the the big projects that happen in the world take a long time to uh, to develop, and and um, there has to be a like a a philosophy of world understanding or politics that something is required that takes a lot of resources before it's built and um i i mean it's not part of the uh geopolitical uh uh understanding as 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 far as things are happening in the world right now i i went to a couple of nonproliferation experts like uh, one at colton and one at western professors mm-hmm that i thought would be interested in the, in the concept as as a nonproliferation concept right nonproliferation of mass weapons of mass destruction and they, they didn't uh they didn't uh see it i guess i mean I, I don't have any large organization behind my work but i mean i, I had the documentation and and i think they were basically um, shocked by it um I, now i don't know what 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 they had on their agenda i one one of the Non-proliferation, non-proliferation experts indicated that they had um, understood that uh, even if there was a limited war, limited nuclear war between two countries, in a regional war, that it would uh, cause so much disturbance to the world's atmosphere that um, vegetation would, like, uh, not exist after a couple of years because light would be blocked from the sun. That these photosynthesis uh, for plants and and that would uh, cause a, a worldwide uh, food shortage. Like mm-hmm. and, and that would be just from a regional war, um, like say between Pakistan and India. So it it it's a bit unnerving that uh, these things are possible. But um, instead of addressing fully the uh, the process of uh, limiting nuclear weapons or talking about peace there seems to be a lot of aggression and competition between different countries. And and uh I I don't think I I mean the people in, in the military have a, a responsibility to uh develop their arsenals to defend themselves against any potential enemies, but the same philosophy applies to potential enemies. So the question is what is it what does it take to uh to stop all this uh Process of destructive technology being developed. I'm not sure what the answer is to that, except the the other concept of the biosphere is to be used as a as a deterrent, uh, as as um, like um, a, a separate city that would survive um, any of this, and it would deter uh, just the knowledge of it being developed or existing would deter other other four. Um, Entities or uh, countries from considering even considering um, developing weapons of mass destruction.
2: All right, when you've approached the uh, the governments with your plan, yeah, uh, I can't see the the governments actually looking at this negatively, especially if it works. So have they even done any feasibility studies on your work, or has it just been a flat rejection? No, we're not interested.
3: Well, at one time I actually did a proposal for DARPA, mm-hmm. Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. Yeah, It was in the context of a, of, um, a project they were trying to start called the 100-Year Starship Program. And um, I, thought, I thought that um, if they were going to put a lot of resources into developing a 100-Year Starship Program, that they should consider uh, the preservation of our own starship, which is planet Earth, and uh, how to survive whatever be- becomes to planet Earth in the context of a, bi- a biosphere dome city. And um, I, um all right, listen, Anthony. We've got to take our
2: first break here, so please stand by. Exo, yeah. Anthony, our our guest. Th- I'm sorry, Exo Nation, Our guest this hour is Anthony Armstrong, and we're talking about an idea for a biosphere that would maintain life after or during a nuclear attack we'll be back on the other side of this break as the exxon continues with yours truly rob mcconnell from our broadcast center and studios in crystal beach ontario if you'd like to send me an email love getting your mail pro or con exxon at exxon we'll be back on the other side of this short break don't go away
0: to my heart Without shame
2: Welcome back, to everyone. Anthony Armstrong is our special guest of this hour. We're talking about his idea for a biosphere. And uh, tell me the size of this biosphere, or does it depend on where the biosphere is being built?
3: Okay, um, the size um, is determined by biblical specifications, and and the basic footprint, uh, the, the 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 base of the biosphere is. Um, 4,500 cubits by 4,500 cubits. A cubit is 18 inches, so it's 6,750 by 6,950 feet at the base, which mm-hmm. is about a mile and a quarter by a mile and a quarter. And it's um, the base height of the towers, there's 12 towers that define the geometry and layout of the biosphere. The towers um, stand about 900 feet tall, and, and the ex- external part of the towers has a framework that uh supports um a, an overhead dome on on the top of the towers and uh the dome is about another six hundred feet high so um it's the biosphere is fairly large um but the idea is that you have to support a large population um to to survive what whatever happens and according to like um population experts, if you want to preserve a gene pool of mankind, you need between 10 and 40,000 people to be part of your community so you don't have any interbreeding problems or you you don't have any um, problems with genetics. So the concept of the biosphere with 12 towers is for each tower to accommodate 12,000 people roughly, 12 towers, that's 144,000, roughly 150,000 people, and um, only... In the concept of what I worked on, 50,000, to 55,000 people would go in the biosphere. And over time, the population would fill out to about 150,000. And each tower, uh, which...
0: We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a
1: sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for two fifty. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just two dollars. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
3: In the residential section has sixty floors. They have uh, there's eighty units on each floor. Um, the, the floor each floor is uh, the outside dimensions of the whole towers. Seven hundred by seven hundred feet. So it, with uh, eighty units, especially laid out on a floor with balconies and airways and everything, uh, you can you can accommodate in each unit. You can accommodate about two to two and a, two to three people or two and a half people in twenty one hundred square feet of accommodation per every two or three people. And and that's that um, defines uh, the residential layout. And um, so it. It's very large. I mean, there's different facilities inside. There's recreational facilities, there's medical facilities, there's science and engineering facilities, and there's um, all the different infrastructure components that are required to support. There's biomes in the corners which have vertical agriculture to support all the agriculture that supports the food necessities of the population. And the people inside would have to be um, vegetarians because there wouldn't be enough land there'd be some animals, but not, not to be slaughtered for, for meat, but, um, just for like, um, ecosystem balances, but,
2: uh. What what kind of ecosystem balances are you talking about here?
3: Well, um, there's biomes in the corners and they're, and they have different, um, climates in them for different seasons for the different kinds of, um, ecosystems they have, Mm um, and and the idea is to preserve as much life as you can there are like genetic and seed repositories and micro uh, repositories and um and but there would be animals um in in some of the uh corner uh biomes um ecosystems um just for the process of maintaining some live animals i mean you have genetic material for animals too but you want to have live animals um for a number of different reasons if not even just for uh human uh human factors and uh so there'd be farms in in some of the biomes and some of them would just have vertical vertical agriculture like f- for growing many different crops and 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 food supplies to feed the people inside the biosphere
2: now how many of these biospheres would you see or would be necessary throughout Canada and the United States.
3: Well, you know, Rob. I mean, uh, these are pretty big units, a pretty big uh, structure. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure you'd be able to build more than one. I, I believe, though, that I mean, even if they weren't built, I mean, eventually, if mankind uh, travels into space, um, they'd have to travel in a biosphere, basically, um, for for their own human factors and for the fact that um, if you're going to colonize another planet. Um, you would, you would need a lot of people. As I said before, you need ten mm-hmm. to forty thousand people. So you would need a pretty big structure, and uh, you'd need a, a structure with artificial gravity and force field technology to protect the inside of the dome. Um, and that that would be in probably in the more distant future. I mean, if it'd be possible to build more than one, I'd say that's great, um, and and maybe that's possible. I mean, but but I, I I know that it would cost several trillion dollars just to build one. And that's that's for, for all the materials that go into mm-hmm. it, the research and development, uh, the transportation technology to to transport the materials to the site, um, and and the source the source of materials. I mean, would require development over time, maybe five to fif- fifteen years. And um,
2: so we're not yeah, talking we- we're not talking about something that could actually be implemented, you know, in, in the next three to five years.
3: No. no, no I'm, I'm thinking it'd be um, 15 years minimum, and maybe if it isn't even possible in that time frame, then maybe 50 to 100 years in the future. But- I know that you know, you need a lot of robotics to build it. You'd need a lot of uh, advanced computing systems for, like, CAD-CAM development. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd need uh, special transportation. You might need anti-gravity, um, like, uh, building techniques, which... I mean, I'm pretty sure anti-gravity already exists, Um, but I I think it's uh, basically uh, locked up in block projects. But I I think a a lot of the technology that is required, like even zero-point energy, I don't know if you've ever heard of that. It's um, a form of almost like ether technology that extracts energy from uh, space-time with magnetic fields. I think I think that I think that technology already exists, uh, uh, and I, I think I know roughly how it exists, but um, it, it, it has to be uh, maybe refined a bit to be used in the so-called commercial application.
2: All right, you know, I, I'm I'm listening, and I'm hearing what sounds to me to be a lot of science fiction. I think exactly. one of the ma- when, I, know. You know, I, I think one of the major problems here is the timeline that is required, the amount of money that is required, and who would determine, who would be able to, you know, be in the dome in case of a nuclear war, and who wouldn't? Who would play know, God? Know. You know, there's a lot of social uh, ramifications in this entire project.
3: Like um, in the DARPA proposal. The first part of the uh, project um, work was to just uh, determine if it was feasible. If, yeah. if there was a concern that there ever would be a big war, if it would be feasible to build something like that. I mean, I I, I can't do the full feasibility analysis by myself because mm-hmm. I have somewhat limited knowledge. Yeah, but but I I think I think um, and knowing that is maybe this you know somebody has determined that something like that might have concepts that might be possible. Um, It would be nice if if, uh, somebody else would do a feasibility study to figure out, um, you know, if if it actually could work. Like, and I mean, for people that live in it, well, they would be um, sort of like the people that went in the Biosphere, too, like in Arizona. I don't know if you're familiar with that project. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they were chosen. There were eight people that went in there, and they were chosen based on their skills. And their their ability to uh, understand the the whole process and adapt to it. Um, Right, but but, we weren't
2: we weren't talking about a time where there was actually a nuclear war going on, or after. You know, it's like mixing apples and oranges. Two different scenarios, totally.
3: I'll tell you one thing about that hmm. biosphere too. They they uh, uh, mishandled the human factors aspect because there were compatibility problems um and but the idea of the 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 biosphere city is that um people would be there in families like there would be families of people that that, that live there mostly anyways and um at least couples married couples and maybe small small families and um so that might help in compatibility i mean there'd be a there'd be an organizational structure um with 12 12 tribes, like like in the Bible.
2: All right, hold that thought. We've got to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Exonation. Anthony Armstrong, is our guest this hour. We're talking about his concept for a biosphere, one biosphere to restart the world after a nuclear war. We'll be back on the other side of this break as the exon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, you can always send me an email exone at TV.com, and we're available on all social media sites, Exxon TV. For the Exxon uh, TV channel that's exclusive to Simultv, check us out at www.simultv.com. Welcome back, everyone. This is the X-Zone. I am Rob McConnell, coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send an email, x exone at x on all social media sites, X-Zone Radio TV. And to find out what's going on in the X-Zone, and just visit our website, x TV.com. Anthony Armstrong is our guest. We're talking about his concept for a biosphere to house people and animals and basically a gene pool to restart the world after a nuclear war. I ha- I have a question for you, Anthony. The okay. materials or the concept, I imagine, is based on the technology of today. Yeah. What good. happens, and here you're talking about, you know, maybe 100 years in the future for this project... How do you how do you compensate for the development of weaponry over the hundred year period, and how would this affect the actual planning and manufacturing of the
3: dome? Um, I know that uh, I, I know there's a lot of dangerous technology that's being developed,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and and I know there's a lot of good technology that's being developed. I mean, if you just take the robotics, for instance, um, I I don't know. There's people at MIT and Boston Robotics, I think they're called, that are developing very effectively um, agile and autonomous robots that um, could be used for many different functions, including construction. Um, I think they're using them for security and surveillance to a certain extent.
2: No, no. My my question is is as technology advances, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm not talking about the. The, uh, the the building of the dome, I'm talking about the material of the dome and its capability to withstand not only nuclear blasts, but whatever kind of new weaponry that is developed that is much more effective and much more devastating than nuclear war. Okay. How do you figure this into your equation in the formula for the success of the dome?
3: Well, I think the worst... So far, I mean, the worst um, destructive uh, instrument would be a nuclear, nuclear blast.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, the idea would be to uh, develop a perimeter around the dome with special aircraft and um, directed energy weapons that would shoot down anything that came close to the, to the dome.
2: Yeah, but, but aren't we saying that the dome is a result of after a nuclear war? So why would you have to need the all this different armament and this protective power around the dome if the, you know, there's been total annihilation already? It makes no sense.
3: The idea is that um, I believe, anyways, I could be wrong about this, but I believe that that the biosphere would be built uh, during the beginning of a, of a war. Um, that would that would take place over several years. Like, um, I mean, people leaders i mean to build it in north america say would have to have a sense of what was going to unfold if, if if a war started they i mean there would be different lines of demarcation like or different defense lines um and depending on i mean there would be like probably warfare in the middle east i mean in the context of biblical prophecy and also like because of the focus of uh um, adversaries in, in the Middle East um, oh, okay
2: but here, here's, here's another problem that I see or a question yes. that I have pertaining to this entire concept if you were saying a little while ago that it could take up to 100 years to build this dome
3: that's definitely... yeah, well, what I'm saying about that Rob is um, that I don't know when it's going to be built and I mean I don't know how long people can maintain peace on the planet I mean if they can maintain peace for another 50 years that'd be great I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure if that would happen that way. I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic in that context. I mean, I, I know that. I mean, if 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 the war broke out very very shortly, say in the next couple of years, although I've always thought that it would come in the near future, and, and I was thinking that 25, 30 years ago, and I was wrong. So I, I I don't know exactly how history is going to unfold, but I mean, the the only um, concern that I or hope that I have is that if if war does break out. And it, it looked like it was going to be somewhat devastating that there'd be um, a, 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 an ability still to uh, make something that would survive the war and help us uh, as a species survive. Like, it, Is
0: it possible? We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast, but the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a
1: sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for 250. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just two dollars. Price of participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer, a combo meal, single item at regular price. that
2: well, uh, the governments of the world have already developed a system to, to maintain life
3: after a nuclear war. I think so, yeah. They developed deep underground military bunkers, a lot of underground stuff, as far as I know.
2: So why why would this dome be necessary, then?
3: Well, because I don't think uh, a deep underground military bunker is the best way to survive. I mean, um, for one thing, uh, you wouldn't have uh, direct exposure to sunlight, which I think we need to some extent for health.
2: But Mike, am I not correct in understanding that in case of a nuclear war, the sun would be blocked out by the um, nuclear snow anyway, or the nuclear fallout? Yeah. Yeah. So so what difference would it make if it's underground or above ground?
3: The other problem is if it was below ground and people, and there was still an adversary to to deal with, Mm -hmm. you'd, you'd sort of be hamstrung if you put all your resources underground because uh you wouldn't be able to defend yourself as well if if you were underground um i know i know that most military planners believe that the best way to survive a war is underground mm-hmm. like a nuclear war yeah which is why like m- many military installations have been underground like Cheyenne Mountain yep and our north bay was the norad system there was underground and i think it still is operating there so I mean, and, and of course, uh, the Diefenbunker, Bunker, which actually some of the guys I worked with were supposed to go up to in, in the case of a war. Obviously, that was underground.
2: Yeah, that was in Carp, Ontario, right?
3: Yeah, it's still there as a as an, um, a tourist attraction, but um, who knows? I don't know. Um, so, uh, so when was, we're looking, you know, when
2: you when you're talking about government, it all comes down to dollars and cents. Exactly,
3: so far anyways,
2: so when we 're looking at the cost of building this dome compared to building an underground structure which 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 is which is more feasible and which is less costly
3: i don 't know what the population of the underground military bunkers is. Um, they would have to have their own um, agriculture underground there and and their own energy source and, and transportation would be difficult in the context of the biosphere. There's transportation craft that go in and out of the biosphere to reseed different ecosystems with microbes. And and yeah, I
2: I understand that, but let's get back to reality over here Okay, because we're, we're talking about the future. Right. Okay. Let's talk about today. Okay. Be, you know, like, I understand that the biosphere sounds like something that you would see in a science fiction movie on the moon or another planet.
3: Right. But we're here, well,
2: are, but we're here on Earth.
3: Yeah, it, I mean, actually, to tell you the truth, I mean, there are um, people that are developing space programs mm-hmm. that believe we should put up uh, a colony on Mars as, as, a, as a backup for our civilization on Earth. I don't know if you're familiar with that concept. Oh, I, sure I am, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, to me, I mean, that would cost probably tens if not hundreds or more billions of dollars. You're right. And even if even if there was no war on Mars and and it was totally peaceful there, um it would be almost impossible to live there for an extended period of time because it has a much lesser gravity. It's got no atmosphere, and 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 it's you know fair, a fairly hostile environment. Like, and the i the idea was to me, anyways, that instead of looking at putting a colony on Mars, mm-hmm. we look at building a structure on the Earth that would survive and help repopulate the Earth.
2: But the, uh, okay, now you yeah, I'm I'm getting a little confused here because I I don't know what the what the idea behind the the uh, the biosphere is, is it only feasible if there's a nuclear attack or nuclear devastation of the world?
3: I know it's, there's other um, justifications which I have limited knowledge of, but I mean a celestial body impact on the Earth which uh, could block out the atmosphere for a while would be another justification. I mean, and that, you know, you'd only do that, I mean, if you had knowledge of, of such a uh, an impact occurring and uh, I um I frankly I don't I mean I don't have that kind yeah. of knowledge to know if that would happen, but All I know right. there are some scientists that are concerned about that.
2: Okay, stand by. We've got to take our final break index zone nation when we come back we're going to be wrapping up this hour with our guest, Anthony Armstrong, here in the X Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario. Check out the current edition of the X Chronicles newspaper with our compliments at www xchronicles.net I'll be back on the other side of this break wrapping up this hour here in the X-Zone don't go away Strong as our guest this hour. We're talking about his idea of having a biosphere. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's not a bad idea. Don't take me wrong, Anthony. But it seems that it's based on the what-if factor. Pretty much. And how did y- you say that you got the dimensions from the Bible? Did this idea come to you from uh, your your biblical beliefs?
3: It started off as basically a concern that um there could be a nuclear war mm-hmm. based on what i learned in national defense primarily in experience in washington and um i um started off basically with a secular design if you want to call it that right which which had nothing to do with the bible and it, it was i was fumbling around with that for several years to the point that i didn't know where to go with it and i Gone to a service at that uh, the Baptist Church where uh, the minister talked about the New Jerusalem um, very like uh, dramatically, and I yeah. was pretty impressed by that. So I started at that point looking through the Bible for different specifications, and there are like um, uh, hints at this uh, design or process in in different books in the Bible, uh, like in First and Second Peter when it talks about. Um, the coming of the Lord, the second coming of the Lord, it says, is in the days of Noah, or it talks about Noah, and it and it talks about the days of Noah in Matthew 24 when when Jesus is talking about his return, and um, there's specifications in Ezekiel for for the holy city, which is the 4,500 by 4,500 cubits, and there's specifications of uh, 12,000 furlongs in in uh, Revelation. And people don't understand what that fully means. And I mean, uh, there are different ways to interpret it. And and I tried to interpret it in a way that would make it possible to to fit into uh, some kind of engineering we're familiar with.
2: All right. So let us say, for example, that you're you're fortunate enough to find an agency or a conglomeration who listens to you and looks at your proposal and says, all right, it's feasible. Let's do it. Okay. What's the next step?
3: Well, it's a bit tricky, actually. Um, the question is, I mean, if if somebody thinks it's feasible, would they want that to be public knowledge or would they want it to be secret Like at that point? I mean, I've tried to make um, some people aware of it publicly, mm-hmm. but if somebody actually wanted to make it real... I mean, you put together a project team, and then the question is, where do you get your project officers? You know, I mean, if, if the universities were secure, I could say there could be contracts with universities for development. But I, I, I don't know if they're really secured based on um, a lot of mixing of people that go in and out of the university. But, I mean, you probably want to work with universities if you could. Um You'd want to work with people in in government and some corporations. You do contracting, um, unless I mean unless you just make it uh, away from everything else, like they did with the um, the Manhattan Project. I mean, they had a site I think it was in Los Alamos where they put together a, a bunch of project people and they worked away from a lot of other uh, cities and stuff. They just uh, worked worked on it in a remote location and and uh, slowly worked out the uh, you know the different details of how to make a, a nuclear weapon. Um, but do you but think that, that building
2: something that is a mile and a half by a mile and a half would be that? Quarter, a would it be easy to to you know to hide the uh, the amount of traffic, construction, and I know, I know.
3: No, I, I, but it would be built, I, Rob. I mean, if it was built, I think it would be built in very uh, challenging times, and uh, it would be built as a, a last resort, uh, seeing that uh, I mean, I hate to, I, I hate to say this. I mean, I I can't even talk to my family about this. I mean, that's made it hard on me because they don't want to think about stuff like I don't necessarily want to think about it, but I. I'd rather think about how to survive a nuclear war than to believe that there was going to be one. I couldn't do anything about it. So, I mean, it, it might be hid, it might not be hid, um, depending on what the circumstances were about what was going on in the, in the world at that time. Like, I mean, if people started working on it, saying in the next couple of years, I think it would have to be secret at first until, until it really got kicked in. And then maybe the, the public would be made aware um, just to believe that uh you know that uh somebody would survive or it, even even if it even if it it didn't fully develop in a nuclear war it, it it could develop into um an instrument of uh deterrence to make sure that you know that at a certain point the war would subside and and uh people would have to live in peace like i mean I honestly believe we could get along with our adversaries if if uh if we all like were concerned about each other's well-being like
2: mm-hmm.
3: including the chinese and the russians I, I think we could get along with them if uh if we all felt that we we shared a stake in survival on planet earth and and i think that they would be reasonable i mean if we had people that were um you know like uh, presenting diplomacy with that concept that you know we're all on planet earth stop building hypersonic weapons Missiles and stop building nuclear submarines and and missile silos, you know, and, and let's get along because if we don't, the best thing that can happen is that 150,000 people would survive. The worst thing that could happen would be that nobody would survive. Like if you know what I mean.
2: You said that it would be uh, it would be used as a deterrent. How would how would this biosphere serve as a deterrent?
3: Um, in, uh, in the concept of, uh, a place that could not be damaged or destroyed and, and where, um, it'd be like, um, like a United Nations, um, capital city or something like that. Um, and also, I mean, um, with well, the way it works in, um, cold wars and, and nuclear wars and stuff like that is, uh. Both sides uh, feel they have a stake in, in winning a war if they have the same technology as the other side. Like, and, and I think w- what happened when, when the first Cold War, Cold war subsided was that uh, Reagan um, had initiated what was called the Star Wars program, which convinced the Russians at a certain point that uh, accelerating more weapon development was useless because the americans had more space technology and and the russians would always be behind in that regard so that 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 the space technology even the concept of it acted as acted as a deterrent against the russians becoming more aggressive and then there was uh... uh... glass nonsense per, uh, perestroika and the Iron curtain came down and, and the russian empire was somewhat uh... dissipated and i i, I mean that was a concept, in, this, at that, in those days, the concept of deterrence was, was Star Wars. And I think some of that Star Wars technology was actually developed, and we don't know about it. But uh, the concept that I'm thinking of for a deterrent would be to build an impregnable city that
0: would survive. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast but the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying... Thank you. Now
1: get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2.00. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would.
2: But how would that city force people to have peace? It makes no sense. Because all you're doing is you're saying, okay, if you fire a missile at me, I'll fire a missile at you, and there's going to be all these people in the the biosphere that once the war is over, they're going to survive, and they're going to restart the world after the nuclear uh, danger is over.
3: You know, um, even even if people... Even people would know, basically, I mean, that there'd be point it'd be pointless to make war if the last and only city that would survive would be the biosphere. It would be pointless to make war knowing that that was the only city that would survive. Like, and um, well, what would happen if
2: it was made public and the other countries, Russia, France, yeah. the United Kingdom, everybody built one of these? What would be That's, the deterrent value at that point?
3: Um, you know, they, I think, actually, Rob, I mean, uh, if you look at the people that are living in the biosphere, um, and if there was a war and there were multiple biospheres built, whoever survived in the biosphere would Mm -hmm. clearly understand that, um, destroying each other was not the best option. And because it boiled down to people living in biospheres, um, and so it would still... You know, in that, in that philosophy or psychology, it would be somewhat of a deterrent uh, for any further warfare because people living in the biospheres would know that uh, it's not nice what happens when people are engaged in trying to destroy each other.
2: Hey, Anthony, I hate to do this, but our time for tonight is up. I want to thank you for joining us. And uh, I'll tell you, Exonation, Nation, it's, it's a way out there idea, and I can understand why he's having problems getting people to listen to him. It's a deterrent. No, it's not. Anything that can be built can be destroyed. Let's face it, guys. Russia and the United States decide to go to war in two years. Can you see them saying, well, wait a minute, hold on. It's going to take 100 years for us to build a biosphere. I don't think so. All right, I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue. Here in the X-Zone with yours truly, Rob McConnell from our broadcast center and studios. In Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada, send me your thoughts on the Biosphere X-Zone at xzoneradiotv.com. Don't go away.